So this isn't a regular scheduled podcast such as I normally do. Um, However, I wanted to do one what I call off the top. So this would be like off the top number two. Um, Off the top meaning it's not on research material. It's just off the dome, so to speak. Um, And I wanted to do that for a reason. I have been struggling to do these episodes off and on as I've dropped hints about uh, over the past two and a half to three weeks. We've been dropping a little what I call Easter eggs off and on about. It's been difficult to try to do them. Now I still have those ready to go. And I am planning on doing them. I'm just figuring out a time to start doing them at. Um, I was asked the other day, so this is off the top, I mean... Recently, I've been doing a lot of thinking and I've been talking to a lot of random different people. And um, one person recently, I guess, made a comment about myself saying, how does he have time to know so much about politics, world news, uh, social issues, etc., when he's working full time and have kids? Well... I'm going to explain how that's possible and hear how it is. I am somebody who have had learning disabilities off and on throughout my life. It's not something that I talk about too often. Um, However, I didn't learn how to read, for example, until I was close to seven years old, almost borderline eight before I could learn to read. I was in speech classes up until around 11, 12 years old because I had a hard time speaking properly and still do occasionally. So in between different staying at what I call hospitals um, in my childhood, spending summers at my grandfather's house where he lived in a sticks where, I mean, there's no cell phone reception. I mean, hell, local radio station, I, I shit you not, it got one country station and one oldie station, and that was it. <laughs> and as far as TV reception goes, you got TBN and CBS, and I believe that was about, no, PBS too. So, <clears throat> growing up in a military family, I was exposed to traveling a lot. We moved around a lot. One of the best places I lived at was England in fourth and fifth grade, a lovely place called Hellwickham Air Force Base. I believe it shut down now, but at the time, it was about 20 minutes away from London. And I lived there fourth to fifth grade. Um, Long story short of it was, when I learned how to read, it was such at a later age of life that I devoured everything that was in print I could get my hands on. For a long time, I didn't even really watch TV. I just read. I was so eager to learn. I wanted to learn everything I could get my hands on. This is my whole childhood. So when other little kids, you know, they were watching cartoons, um, you know, stuff like that. And granted, I did too. However, I also spent more time watching learning documentaries than I ever did cartoons. I spent more time watching documentaries and reading books probably than anybody else I was around. And the reason why is when you grow up with a disability, and in my case, I had several, 
you know, these psychologists, they'll give you these assessments. And these assessments are meant as a guide for your parents. You know, like, okay, so he's functioning at this grade of level, but he should be functioning at this grade of level. But this is a result of this. So there might not be a good chance of him overcoming that because of this. And at the same time, they're popping you full of prescription medication. See, I call the 1980s and early 90s the um, beginning of the medication mania. You know, during the late 80s and early 90s, all kinds of ch- uh, children mental disorders started coming out of the woodwork. Uh, they've been dabbling with it, but I mean, it really went full speed full throttle around the 1980s and early 90s. Uh, All of a sudden, kids that used to be like, oh, they need military boot camp or uh, get a swift kick in the ass. All of a sudden, they were pumping them full of prescription medications and sending them off to these hospitals to get studied and evaluated. That was my case. So I had a tendency to want to know what they were talking about. So as I got older... (laughs) old enough to really comprehend what they were saying. I started looking at these evaluations and assessments and saying, no, I'm not going to just be right there. I'm going to figure out a way to overcome it. And I made it my life mission to do so. And I did. Um, With that said, (laughs) you know, to give another example in high school, I got an award for raising my GPA up to one of the highest. At the same time, I had learning disabilities. Keep that in mind. So I had learning disabilities, but yet I got an award for raising my GPA high enough. I also was nominated to be in the National Honor Roll as well. And throughout school, you know, I was on principal's honor roll, teacher's honor roll. Um, an interesting one was in fourth grade. I had an award given to me by the uh, Commander-in-Chief of all Air Force bases in Europe for the best black history essay. And I was competing against students from all over Europe that was in the Air Force. So... <laughs> these are examples of what you can overcome in your life now I could easily make myself be one of those kids that went oh well you know the doctor's a psychologist said I'll never make it past this and I could have ran with that you know I chose not to like I still take my medication I still I'm still very much aware of my strengths and non-strengths <laughs> however with that said I choose to go a different route. (laughs) See, I didn't want to know this or that. I want to know the reasons behind it. Um, In high school, for instance, when I skipped class, a lot of times they would find me in a library. And what I was doing was, this is something that um, three, three teachers of mine would constantly bring up, you know, which was we give him the school textbook (laughs) and he does the, you know, the assignment that he's supposed to. But then he'll go to the library and he'll write a whole nother page about how this was left out of school textbooks. This was left out. And this person says this and this person says that. I was doing that at high school. And the reason why is I was wondering why it's left out. This is before I comprehended what I call mass education, meaning let's give them all the good, good points, the strongest points, and we'll leave out the rest, you know, 
I want to know why. So I figured that out. Another interesting thing is, around the time I was in junior high school, probably my second year of junior high school, actually, I started reading the newspaper a lot and um, paying attention to what was going on. And this is around the same time we started getting into civics and um, politics and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, in school. I fell in love with it. Um, I was always a history buff. As I said earlier, I would spend a lot of time watching documentaries on TV when I was a child. Um, I think a lot of it was coming out of the environment I came out of and being told you'll never amount to this or that because you have these things keeping you back. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry about that. But I never wanted to let that happen, so... I just chose to go a different route and stand up against them. Saying, yeah, I might have ADHD, I might have Asperger's, dyscalculia, whatever else. But that's not going to hold me back from being a person who could provide for his family and having a career. I'm still working on a career part. <laughs> so. I never gave in to these stereotypes is what I'm getting at, you know, and I think a lot of problems with the education system is just that. Take, for example, the difference between certain neighborhoods. Like, if you're in a poor neighborhood, in an poor environment, right, and you're going to school, you're riding the bus, you're going to the school, and when you get to the school, you go through metal detectors, you see police officers, um, People from your neighborhood are fighting each other, normally either from gangs or just disagreements in general. And this is what you're exposed to. You know what I'm saying? Um, And you're trying to get your education. You go home, and if your parents are there, normally they're pissed off anyways. You know what I mean? They didn't want that life, so to speak. Um, So... I think a stigma comes over you to where, I mean, when, okay, I'll put it, I'll put it in perceptive. I just figured out how to put it in perceptive for you. So a long time ago, in my own neighborhood, there's this youngster I used to know. I was heard just his older brother before he got locked up. And I told his other brother, hey, don't trip about it. I'll look, you know what I mean? Look out for him occasionally. So I was talking to little Bobby and he was holding his red bandana. And I got into this discussion, uh, politics. At the time, I was trying to join the military again for the last time that I tried in my life. And um, he's asked me questions, so I was answering them. And I remember he was running from the police at the time. And when he held that red bandana, he looked up and he said, you know, he said, I get all that, man, because what the American flag symbolizes to most people, this symbolizes to me. I've watched my older brother go down for this rag. I watched my uncle get gunned down over this rag. I've watched cousins get shot over this color for our neighborhood. This, to me, is my world. This, to me, is my neighborhood. This is what I'm fighting for in his mind. 
what I'm getting at is a psychological aspect of that. Did you pick up on that? So, most of us see the American flag as civilized as the greatest country of the free world. Something worth dying for. You know? Well, to him, his bandana was just that. He watched his family members get killed over this, so to him, he's going to fight for this because that's what he knew. I want to point out at the time, the kid was 16 years old. You know what I mean? So, I'm trying to put a basis on where I think the education system's failing. Like, he was told earlier that day, before he did a lake, remember I said he was running from the police? He was told by one of his teachers that he might as well drop out of school because he ain't shit anyways. He ain't gonna do nothing but get locked up just like every fucking body else. So he might as well just fucking give up. That was told to him by a teacher. Now granted, that teacher should be fired for that. However, he said after getting pissed off, he was hitting with the homies. Something came up, he decided to pull a lick. You know what I mean? Shit went bad. So, if that teacher would have told him something different that day, would he have made a different decision? Do you get what I'm saying? I think teachers need to be paid more than what they're getting paid. Do you understand the amount of money that they're getting paid to mold the future of our country? Molding the future of our country. Now, I understand different states have different tax reasonings, a different bracket for income based on environment, housing, um, businesses, fluctuations, stuff like that. Um, But when I say they need to get paid more, I'm not talking like a drastic change, but something appreciationable. For instance, how much do professors get paid? You know what I mean? I'm friends with one of my professors. I can find out very easily. I'm still in contact with three of them from Sacramento City College. Um, What I'm getting at is... I feel like the reason why I was doing so good at school at the time... Was based solely on the fact that... I had teachers not willing to give up on me. You know, when I would skip class, for instance... One of my teachers, (laughs) see, my homeboy's house was just like right around the corner from the school. And when I would teach, like skip class, one of the teachers would be at the corner waiting for me. I wouldn't get in trouble. He found other ways to deal with me, such as more working out in a painful way. (laughs) So I wouldn't get in trouble by my parents that day. (laughs) You know what I mean? He came up with an award system to try to make you feel more important in school, you know, in class. If you did this good on this many assignments, then you're going to get this, you know. Um, There's another one. She really tried to convince me not to drop out of school. Like, she wanted to put me in advanced ceramics class and start showing my pieces that I was doing. and, And I looked at her and I said, I understand that. That's great. But I wish I could say that that's what I wanted because it is but I'm living in a tent right now in a backyard of someone's house with an extension cord going to the tent 
from their house so I can have a lamp and a fan and a stereo. And it wasn't even that great of a stereo. It was just an alarm stereo, but it meant the world. So I had to make a choice. And at that time, I went to the California Conservation Corps. Um, so that was a choice I made against her wishes. So I think environments play into it. And, you know, and that's why I, I, I strive so hard in my life to try to prove people wrong all my life. And when people say, you can't do this, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. You know what I mean? It might take me five fucking months. But when I figure it out, <laughs> it's normally going to be better presented than other people's. Because I didn't just look at the fracture of the picture. I looked at the whole picture, including the back of the picture. And the side of the picture. You know what I mean? Because that's how I learn. I didn't want to look at, here's your, okay, like, if you're looking at a car. Here's the car. You're looking at the paint job. You're looking at the windows. You're looking at the way it's built. I'm looking at all of that, but I'm also looking at the wheels. And even the air valve. You know what I mean? I'm trying to see the whole thing. And that's what I do with anything. I'm trying to understand the whole thing. And no matter what situation you find yourself in, you can always find the bigger picture within it. It's all in the mind, though. You know, it's how much do you want to understand and how much do you really want to see? You know what I mean? For myself, I want to see it all. And that's what this whole thing was supposed to be about. You know, because of that question that I heard that was asked about me, how do you have time to pay attention to world issues, politics, and news and still have time to work and take care of your family. Well, here's how. That and then some. I'm one of those people that when I'm using the restroom, I'm looking at military news, world news, state news, federal news. If I'm watching a TV show and it's not that great of an interesting TV show, chances are I'm looking at Social media, which is how I pick up on social issues, as well as browsing news sites. So I'm also one of those people that even if you're doing a job to where you're able to get away with having headphones in, well, I'm not listening to music. I'm listening to the top 63 news stories worldwide. You know what I mean? This, I think, really sums up the fact that I spent so much of my life being told, you will never understand this stuff. Give it up. You're autistic. You know what I mean? Um, I'd like to say I prove it wrong. Because I'm very much aware of it. I remember being around 10 years old and falling in love with uh, world history, geography, and nature documentaries. I was just, it was mind-blowing to me at a young age. You know, the same way that a cartoon would be mind-blowing for most kids that age, watching those documentaries was mind-boggling. It was just the best thing ever I could see. It was like watching the Super Bowl to most people to me. You know what I mean? Because I was, I was seeing how this happens. <laughs> like take a nature documentary when I was little. I was seeing how they kill, why they kill, where they live, how they give birth. 
how their anatomy is, anatomy is set up. You know what I mean? I was understanding the demographics of, or not demographics, I was understanding over the course of years how they change and adapted to their environments. And that was just mind-boggling to me that they had that ability to adapt. So there's another example I could throw out there. It's one of my favorite ones. I really couldn't answer the guy's question simply with that. There's an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And one of Will's friends from his old neighborhood was there, you know? And Will, you know, he had this I'm from the hood mentality, blah, 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 throughout the show, right? <laughs> and his buddy looked at everybody that, you know, he talks to and said, Will, I still remember when you used to carry your textbooks home in the pizza box so the homeboys wouldn't fuck with you. Well, that's kind of how I was, you know, like. I remember another example with eating. This actually really happened. Um, around the time of my early 20s, and one of my homeboys come up. His nickname was Trouble. I know, right? <laughs> and um, he was bringing me something to smoke on. I'll just put it like that. And uh, when he pulled up, this is back before, this is at the start of when you had to buy the adapter pieces for your Tinder TVs, but you could still pick up signal. <laughs> So I had this little tiny TV on the back patio with a hanger in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had a little stereo and an ice cooler with my two chairs and the little table there, you know? And I also had a little corner garden. I mean, this is in the hood, so it wasn't that great, but it was just good enough for me to see my flowers in, you know? And um, trouble came, you know, and he said, yo, man, let me kick it for a minute, bro. I was like, all right, bet. Let's do this. So, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> he's sitting there and we start chopping up. And he notices what I'm listening to because it went off a commercial break. And at the time, I was listening to Clark Howard, who's a financial advisor, you know. And I was listening. He was talking about credit scores and fixing your credit in the stock market at the time. I think that was a hot button issue back in the day. So... Trouble looked at me and he was like, you know, he passed me the Dutchie. He was like, man, turn that shit off, little Mike. Ain't nobody trying to hear that shit. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to hear that boring shit. Trouble's a rapper. <laughs> and um, he, he really was. He's a member of what's called the Looting Band family. It's a local Sacramento rap group. And I was like, yo, yo, hold up. I was like, you say that shit, right? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, okay. You got your regular nine to five job, you do, right? He was like, yeah. I was like, okay. So when you get your check, you see state withholding, federal withholding, right? He was like, yeah, man, yeah. I go, okay. Have you ever wondered why? <laughs> like, look at your check stuff for this year. Next year, look at your check stuff. You're going to notice a different amount taken out. Have you ever wondered why that is? He's like, nah, nigga, I never thought about that. I said, well, what people are voting on and what the people you voted on are deciding and what's going on with the economy determines how much is withheld. That's how much you're paying into the state and federal tax bracket. It fluctuates depending on what's going on. He was like, damn, I never thought about it like that. I like my money. I said, yeah, that's my point. 
So as time went by, we got to know each other a little bit better, you know, because this is at the start of when I started hanging out with him, you know. Um, so I went over to his crib one day. He was like, yo, come over real quick, man. I wanted to ask you a question. I'm like, all right, I'm on my way. So I went over there. He let his kid go off to school. Gave his old lady a kiss by. You know, he said, I started getting up. He was like, nah, nigga, stay just sitting down. I'm going to ask you something. I was like, all right, cool. You got to understand, he's one of the big homies in the neighborhood, you know? So it was really funny to me because he was wearing a gold bracelet, all these rings and jewelry and shit, you know? And uh, he was asking me, he was like, yo, I've been listening to that show that you had me listening to, man, and I got a question for you. And I was like, what's that? He was like, well... I wanted to invest in the stock market. I ain't too sure what I want to invest in yet. <laughs> what do you think I should invest in, man? I was like, well, that's a little bit beyond my expertise. But if I was you, and I told him, I said, you know, in this time period we're living in, this is early 2000s, you know, I said, uh, gold and silver are two very big safe bets to invest in. Gold companies and silver, not diamonds. Because you talk about diamonds. I was like, no, 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 not diamonds. Gold and silver. He asked me why. I was so adamant about it. I said, because no matter what economy is happening, you know what I mean? No matter how bad the money situation is, the dollar value, whatever, gold and silver, they never lose value. So they're what I would call a safe bet. You know what I mean? And he did, and he made a lot of money off of it. Because I also told him that tech companies are another good way to go if you're looking to invest it. But pay attention to what you're investing in. And I remember around, oh shit, around 05, 06, I was telling them to start paying attention to the we startup companies because they seemed like they might be doing pretty good, which you called me crazy for. But if you pull up stock markets right now, you will notice they're doing very, very well. You know what I mean? Damn, I wish I would have invested in them. As much as I like the stock market, it's not something I feel safe in. Just to be straight up with you. And the main reason why is there's been three different cases of it crashing that I know of that are significant. There's been probably minor ones in between, but three major ones. And those three major ones are enough for me to go, eh, I don't know about that. So, and see, that's my point. I took somebody and I, and I explained it to him. He got excited about it. You know what he's doing now? Last time I heard, he actually opened up his own damn business. You know what I mean? I had another good homeboy of mine, Huey. His name was Huey P. He was from the Oakland area. Me and him were hanging out for a while, and after hanging out with me for about two months, he decided, you know what, man? I think I'm going to take some of this cash, I'm going to turn this around. I said, oh, yeah, what you going to do? What you going to flip? I'm thinking streets. What are you going to flip? He said, nah, man. You know, I was talking to one of my partners, and uh, they got this fabric machine that just came out. And, uh, you know, I think about starting my own clothing line. <laughs> I said, Huey, is that right? He said, yeah, man. I'm going to call it Savage Apparel. <laughs> I said, that's what's up, man. And he did. And I mean, he was doing pretty good. He was selling them out of his car, but I don't know if he managed to open up his 
actual line as big as he wanted to because he went back to he went back to the Bay Area. So, you know, we lost contact and had to move back to Oklahoma. So, <clears throat> I'm interested in knowing. Huey, if you're out there and you hear this, man, hit your boy up, you know. So, I convinced him to do that. He started making hats. He started making banners. He even did some advertising for local businesses, you know. And I met him because me and him were working together at Staples. We did overnight stocking together. It was just me and him and one other dude, this Filipino dude named Tone. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we would all talk about shit like that. You know, it'd be like, yo, what do you, what's going on on the road right now, man? And we start talking about it. Like, man, you know, you could take that idea and do this with it. Let's run with it, you know? And it's exciting because you see this light light up in them. You know what I mean? You see this, when you have a, what I call a breakthrough, it's like they start seeing it. Like, wow, there's potential there, man. I'm a firm believer that some of the people from the worst neighborhoods, the worst circumstances, sometimes learn better than most people will ever learn. The reason why is they have more to gain. You know, like, if you take a kid that grew up in a decent neighborhood, the decent family, they might be intelligent. But they don't have the drive that people from other neighborhoods have. You know, because if you grown up in the projects, every waking minute of your life is spent trying to figure out how to fuck to get out of the projects. You know what I mean? And if you're lucky enough to make good decisions, you don't get locked up, but you make it out. You never want to go back. You know, I was telling somebody a while back that. In my lifetime, and I've seen some bad neighborhoods now. I lived in neighborhoods where you find syringes in the middle of the street. Bars on all the windows of the stores. Bulletproof plexiglass going around the countertop. You know what I'm saying? In all my time, (coughs) I have never came across one motherfucking person that's like, I love this motherfucking life. I will never change this motherfucking life. This is, I want to be in the hood till the day I die. Real motherfucker. Just, you know, till I die. I might have heard it when they're drunk and they're trying to do whatever, right? And that's great. But I never legitly heard it coming from somebody who wanted to do something with their lives. And most of the time, the people I knew that moved up out of there, that was lucky enough to move up out of there, I was one of the ones that got lucky enough to move up out of there. And as much as I have respect and love for everybody I knew, I never want to go through that again. And that's my point. You get what I'm saying? I'm going to do everything I can and everything in my power not to go back to that because I worked too hard to get up out of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, And part of that is learning. And that's why I keep going back to that to answer that guy's question. Why do you know so much about this? Well, that's how I'm successful in my life. You see, I might have my regular job like you have. And yeah, I might enjoy having a beer, kicking it with people, you know, and that's great. But believe it or not. I would rather be hanging out with somebody talking about the latest news articles than I would smoking a blunt kicking with the homeboy down the block. You know what I mean? 
And that's because he's trying to do something too. You get what I'm saying? That's what I'm getting at is I spent my whole life being told you're never going to accomplish anything because you, you're learning disabled. Give it up. You need to settle on flipping burgers and fries, man, because you're learning disabled, you know. And I used to, you know, when I would date girls or whatever, I was told, like, why don't you get somebody on your same mind length, you know? No regular girl's going to want you, man. I never, ever got with a girl <clears throat> that was learning disabled. And that's not knocking them. It's just I wanted to prove them wrong, and I did. So that's, what I, that's the whole point. To answer the guy's question... As you can tell, I, 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 this is why I like to do what I call research scripted episodes because if I do off the top, it kind of goes off in all different areas. And that's, that's, that's whatever. We're going to see how this takes place. Um, but to answer his question, I would rather know what's going on. You know, like I was just saying not too long ago because of the nuclear deal that they were talking about with Russia and China. Well, I went to work and I asked random people, hey, what do you think of this? I don't know what you're talking about, man. I haven't seen anything like that. Wow. Seriously? So I asked somebody else, same answer. That's like 23 people got the same answer. Nobody knows about this? They're like, how do you know about this? I'm like, it's all over the fucking news. Everybody's talking about it. How do you not know? Well, I talked to another coworker of mine who was like, you know, it's got to be depressing knowing about all this stuff. Nobody wants to think about it. So that's where you're wrong. See, I think that certain people want people to be dumb, to not think about things. Because they can't win like that. If you're, if you're able to sit there and think and have a fully thought process of, hey, how badly are we get a fucked up over here in this deal? They don't want that. Most people want obedient workers. They want you to just be smart enough to press the buttons and do the job, but not smart enough to realize that you're getting fucked. You know what I mean? That's what they want. That's called the dumbing down of America. The pushing button syndrome. See, they would rather you be not knowing about what's going on. That way they can get away with doing what they want to do. I think that people have gotten to the point to where they're able just to scroll past these news articles like, oh, I don't want to hear that. But like I gave a good example to somebody. Here's why I would want to know. So I already know that this has been going on. So let's fast forward about a year and a half. What if that deal goes south? See, while you're going, I don't want to deal with that because it's depressing. When the shit hits the fan, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. We need to do something because this is getting serious now. I'm going to be geared up and ready to go because I've already thought about that. Because I knew about it. You know what I mean? I was floored that day when all those people told me they had no clue about it. They could tell you what's going on around the neighborhood. They could, And I'm talking around a neighborhood now. I'm talking, they could tell you. Who's doing who? Who's with whose baby mama? Who's split up with who? What's going on at the local supermarket? What the police are up to? They could tell you what's going on in general and social media and what celebrities doing what. What song just came out with who? Who's beefing with who in the entertainment industry? 
But all of that knowledge that they have, they did not know about the nuclear deal going on. They did not know about Putin's speech that he gave after that or his advisor gave. They did not know about China's response. They didn't know about the embargoes going on. Most of them weren't even aware. They were slightly aware of the migration coming, but didn't know enough about the facts to prove an actual statement. I was flabbergasted. I was mind boggled. I said, how the hell is all the significant stuff happening in our country and nobody fucking knows about it? Well, I watched the local news. and They did basically what I call five second stories. They'll pop up a picture. They'll say something real quick and they'll move on to something else. And I think that's what's going on. Now, if you pull up their website, they'll have a whole article written about it. But most people, they don't want to click on those. They want to click on the happy picture. And I think that's how they're getting on. That's why so many people don't know about it. So to answer your question, sir, I have and always will be somebody that strides himself on knowing about what's going on in the world, both globally and locally and country. So I want to know what's going on globally, nationally and stately. Why would that be? Well, because those three factors matter. Those three factors mean the difference between my check being higher, my state taxes being lower, my federal withdrawal. It matters because of that. It matters because of my house payment going up. It matters because of my car payment going up. It matters because of my friends that are getting told that they're going overseas because this is going on. And I want to know why. I want a valid reason to know why. To answer your question, that's why I pay attention to it. Because I can honestly say with 100% accuracy that 45% of my actual friends are serving in the United States military. That's not including family members that are in the military. And I want to know if they're going overseas and I want to know what they're going overseas for. So you could choose to go about your life and drink your beer on your front porch and talk to whoever you want to about whatever fucking bullshit, fucking sports, fucking broadcasting thing is going on. Because that's generally all this individual talks about. Um, and that's fine. I mean, if that's what you want to do, then do it. But don't sit there and wonder how somebody else has the capability of understanding all this other shit going on, plus then some. You know, I, I kind of feel like it's a benefit of having hyperactiveness. <laughs> Because I don't quit. My mind does not quit going until I shut my eyes at the end of the night. You know what I'm saying? I'm basically, my mind is going 24 hours a day, nonstop. There is no break time for this dude. There just isn't. Even at work, when I take a break, that's what I'm normally doing. Is going over uh, what I call training news. You know what I mean? And then I'm forming up my own opinions based on that. And I'm also communicating with different people that I know. So that's how I know about all that. I can tell you the difference between this and that because I research into this and that. You know what I mean? You know, when I was younger, my grandfather would tell me that if you're going to talk about something, think damn sure well, you know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Or don't talk about it at all. You know, um, so 
I started reading on things at that at that moment when he told me that I remember I went and I got a magazine and I got a newspaper that way the next morning when I was having coffee with him and his friends because you know he would do that old man thing where they would go at like fucking I don't know 5 30 in the morning five o'clock and they would go drink coffee for like three freaking hours <laughs> you know what I mean and they would just talk about different stuff I had a leg to stand on to actually talk to him you know what I mean? I didn't I didn't say I had both legs now. I was young. But I had a leg to stand on. You know what I mean? So that's why. Is it's things like that. It's things like being told you'll never amount to this because of this. I wanted to prove them wrong. It's things like finding out how fucked up the school textbooks are in reality. It's things like Having friends that live overseas and having family and friend members that are in armed services. It's wanting to know what these politicians are talking about when they're speaking and actually being able to see through the bullshit that they're saying because I know the other side of it. You know what I mean? As in most people don't. Nowadays. All these things add up to the reasons why to answer that question. So, you know. I mean, hell, even Edward, man. Edward was an 83-year-old dude from the neighborhood back in the day. They called him OG Edward. OG Eddie. (coughs) He used to tell me the same shit. He was like, man, if I could go back in time and do things different, I would, man. I'm still living in the same motherfucking neighborhood. I'm still playing the same motherfucking dominoes game with the same motherfucking people. You know what I mean? He said, I'm still playing fucking cards or drinking whiskey with the same motherfucking fools I was doing it with in high school. That's literally what he told me. At the time, he told me this because I was going to Sacramento City College. And he was telling me, because I used to get uh, butt through this dude, you know. He was telling me that uh, when I would go and, you know, hang out with him and do whatever. And uh, he was telling me, man, make sure you do whatever, man, and get the fuck up out of here, man. He told me, don't ever let this motherfucking place dictate that you'll never be able to make it out of it, man. He used to tell me shit like this. You know, you have the ability to get out of here, man. You're still young enough to. Don't get trapped, is what he told me. Don't get trapped. You know what I mean? Make something of yourself. Don't get trapped in that situation. Fucking fight tooth and nail clawing at the motherfucking surface to get up out of here, dog. And you know what? I did. And you know what? I still am. You know what I mean? Because I never want to go backwards. I never want to go back to that living in an apartment with the hole in the back of the fucking back room and that they never fixed because it's in the hood. They always just like, you know, lightly patched up, bam, whatever. And then it falls through again with the next rainfall. Never having a heater, AC. I never want to go back to that, you know. And uh, I'm going to do everything in my power not to. So whenever somebody asks me something about how do you know about this? How do you know about that? Why do you know so much about this? Why do you spend so much time knowing about that? Why, 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 why? Why do you want to know about what's going on in politics? Why do you want to know what's going on in the world? Like, what difference does it make to your life? Well, here's how. I'll be able to form an educated opinion about it whenever things are happening. Hey, man, we don't want this. You didn't hear what they said over here? <laughs> you know what I mean? While you are going to sit there and be like, what's going on? You're going to say, what's going on? Because you weren't paying attention. You were too busy going, I don't want to deal with that depression shit. 
because you were going, I don't want to deal with that depressing shit. Guess what? Not enough people was out there knowing about it to try to stop it. And you can tell yourself all day long, like, what difference do I make? Because that's the other counter argument they'll give you is, what difference was one person make? Well, in short side, it looks like not much. In long side, all the world. Because let me tell you something. Everything is numbers, right? If enough people paid attention to what's going off, going on, then there's enough people out there that would be like, no, we're very much aware of what you're trying to do, and we ain't okay with that. <coughs> Understand that our government was founded on principles. We have the right to defend ourselves against any threat, whether foreign or domestic. Whether foreign or domestic. But if you say that to most people, they say, where the hell did you get that from? It's very sad. <laughs> I find it depressing. That's what I find depressing. I find it very depressing that there isn't enough people out there that knows about shit. You know, there's, it's so depressing to me that I see all this stuff happening and nobody's fucking paying attention to it. And that is fucking depressing to me. That's depressing to me. The news isn't depressing. News is not depressing whatsoever. It's the fact that you're depressing me because you don't know about it. And that's fucking depressing. So. This has been just an off-the-top free thought. Tomorrow morning, I'm actually going to upload an official episode. At least I'm going to do my damnness to try to. And if I don't tomorrow morning, it'll be the morning after that. But within the next two mornings, there will be an official, well-researched, normal podcast coming your way. I just wanted to do off-the-top episode because I didn't have time to do an official podcast. And honestly, this is more of a test for myself to see if I do have time to do an official one that's been scripted. And I just determined I do. So, with that said, expect a very well-written, researched podcast coming your way. This has just been off the top free thought. Everybody have a good day.